Hello and welcome to the OnlySpans podcast, a podcast that I still can't believe CoreLogix actually gave me money to make. We're going to cover everything from DevOps, cloud observability, cloud architecture, and much, much more. All great ideas that are going to level up your craft and make you a much better engineer and hopefully save your company a little bit of money in the process. All of this, and we're not going to take ourselves too seriously, so that when you're in your bed at 3am and that production alarm goes off, you are 100% ready to go. Let's get started. I was outside a conference a few uh, weeks ago and I was chatting with one of the organizers and he said that he and his friends have a, a bingo game that they play where um, anytime anyone says a certain tech buzzword, then uh, that's, a, that's a, a block on the bingo thing. So there were things like blockchain um, and such. And one of them was AI. Um, and recently, I feel like I've been having more and more conversations about AI ops. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely honest with you, outside of the word DevOps, anytime somebody takes a word and then sticks ops on the end, I think, what a dickhead. Um, however, <laughs> in the interest of trying to be fair and balanced, I thought I would dive a little bit, this will be a shorter episode, but just a little bit into AI, AI ops, what it means, whether there's anything there, um, or whether it's just, like many of the things suffix with the word ops, hopefully with the exception of DevOps. Um, like many things suffixed uh, with ops, it, whether it's a load of bollocks or not, basically, to, to be British about it. So, AI ops. What is AI ops? Let's begin with that. So it's really straightforward, okay? Um, there, are, there are lots of different types of um, things. Uh, you can split them up into four categories of knownness. There are the known knowns. These are things that you know about, and you know, uh, you know that you know about them, essentially. So these are, this is things like um, a database CPU going over 95%. It's very known. It's like, I know this is an issue, and I am aware that I, I'm aware of my own awareness of this issue, if you like. So for example, yeah, the 95% DB, DB CPU is a really good example of a known known. Then there's like known unknowns. So it's like, okay, there is some threshold at which the DB CPU um, is, ba- is, is, is a problem. Um, what I really need to know, though, is that the dbCPU kind of spikes. That's, that's the thing that's really scary. So I don't really know what the threshold is, but I kind of have an idea of the general space of it. That's kind of a known unknown. You don't know exactly what the problem is, but you know about it. And so you can define alerts that map the trajectory of, of data. You could map um, that kind of thing. Then you have the really scary stuff, the unknown unknowns. So these are the things that are really difficult to track. You don't even know that you don't know them. They are like wild. And, and this is like complicated cascading failures, strange anomalous behaviors in the system that aren't necessarily even errors as such. It's like suddenly there's a spike in latency. It lasts for five minutes and stops. And the outcome of that is like a bunch of customers have left your website or something. The problem is, of course, that, you know, these are unknown, very difficult to predict. And this is the space that AI ops, AI ops, I struggle to say that without like just slurring it, AI ops, yes, AI ops um, is, is, is aiming to fix. The idea being is that artificial intelligence is capable of detecting things like anomalous behaviors much better than procedural logic. Procedural logic really needs you to kind of know a bit about the problem. Uh, one, one classic example, I'll talk about CoreLogix briefly here. There's two really great ways that uh, artificial intelligence is used in the CoreLogix platform. One is logregation. So in logregation, we take the logs, we cluster them together, and we look at the logs that have similar structures and similar message fields. And then what we can do is we can say, okay, this is what we call a template for a, a log document. 
and then you can click on each individual value and see the different um, values for a given key. You can see that the expected flow, so the expected volume of logs, and whether over the past, like say, seven days, that flow has changed. And you can actually go quite far back with that. Really, really powerful. You can even do it on unindexed data. It's cool as hell. So that's a nice example. The other example is anomaly detection. So you can define alarms. Anomaly detection is very common across many observability providers, actually. And it's, it's, it's the most common use case for artificial intelligence. It's, it's like the argument case. The idea is this, okay? You don't know. It's not like your DB CPU is going to be weird anymore. It's some unknown time with no obvious pattern. Um, the DB CPU just slows down, okay? You have no way of detecting when it's going to happen in any sort of meaningful way. And there's not any obvious single metric for it. But the thing with the artificial intelligence can do is ingest all of your data and look for anomalous patterns in that data. So it'll learn the normal profile of your data. And then suddenly when things change, it will say, actually, okay, your DB CPU slowed down. And at the same time, this other application over here, its CPU spiked up. You know, so your, D your DB slows down and a, and a, and a seemingly semi-related application, uh, its, D its CPU spiked up. The idea uh, here is that there's this really complex web of unknown unknowns happening and only really artificial intelligence at the moment is capable of saying, okay, here is actually the web of interconnected things that have happened at the same time as your incident. So that's a really, really nice, really powerful use case um, that uh, explains the, the potential of AI ops. That is the cell. Okay, that's the promise. But much like um, uh, me to my wife on a wedding day... <laughs> I can't say that now, <laughs> but maybe a different analogy. Um, I will say, um, uh, much like um, almost every salesman in almost any industry, the promises are the promises more than the um, uh, more than the the reality. And the answer is um, a lot of the time, yeah. Um, uh, there's some real problems with artificial intelligence in in monitoring and, and observability. One being the big big problem number one, in my opinion, is this. Um, You've got like so much data, and, you're, you're, and if your if your infrastructure is even slightly scaled, there's going to be a lot of chaos in your system. If your data isn't continuous, there's one example. So, um, so let's say your applications produce spikes of logs all the time. Um, so you're the kind of system where you just suddenly get bombarded with traffic, and then it all goes quiet for another indeterminate amount of time, and then another spike of traffic. You know that kind of thing. So a really good example would be uh, stock exchange websites like. They, they suddenly will just receive massive bombardments of requests when something has happened in the news or something people want to, like a fire sale in a given stock. That happens all the time. That isn't an event you want to know about. What you want to know is, are things broken? The anomalous sort of um, aspect of it, if you like, is kind of by the by, right? It seems like an anomaly um, data-wise, uh, but actually, in business terms, it's not that big a deal. And so it's very difficult for artificial intelligence systems to categorize and understand what an, what an anomaly is in that situation. If you'd like a little tip here, actually, you should ask anyone who promises artificial intelligence-driven operations, you should ask, what do you use for a confidence metric? And if you want to go a step back, you can say, um, how do you tackle false positives? Like, what's your false positive strategy with your artificial intelligence solution? That should be a question you ask, because those false positives, you know, that only has to happen two or three times and all confidence in the system is totally undermined. The, the, the final way that uh, artificial intelligence, so we, we've covered two 
obvious artificial intelligence use cases. Number one is the um, the categorization and clustering of similar log documents. That's like, actually not many people do that. I think just CoreLogix does that. There's probably, maybe, maybe one or two more, but not that I'm aware of. And the other one is anomaly detection. That's the most common use case, anomaly detection. The third, thanks to our friend ChatGPT and a new bingo term, generative AI, is now rather than writing complex queries or rather than traversing the UI, you simply say to a generative AI chatbot type thing, hey, get me a dashboard that visualizes this metric, blah, 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 blah. Just tell it what you want and it will translate that into a dashboard for you. Um, This is cool. This is really cool. However, (laughs) this is the thing. So the idea is it makes, this is really nice for one, one use case, data discovery. I think it's really cool for data discovery because you often have to ask lots and lots of questions. And so uh, when you're in data discovery mode, you have to slice the data in a million different ways. And if you're not familiar with the query syntax or your statistics isn't what it used to be, I know mine isn't, I haven't really studied them properly since university. And now when someone asked me to like, if, someone, if somebody asked me now to like integrate a, a, a differential equation, I'd be like, sure, bye. Um, so no, absolutely not. So so my point is, 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 is quite simply, um, you have to, uh, if, if you're using this chatbot in a, in a data discovery mode, I could see some real power there. Um, there's a real potential for that to be amazing. However, and this is, the other, this is, this is where the, the salespeople and the marketing people go too far. If you go onto some of the websites that are claiming to use generative AI now in the observability space, what you will find um, is they're also claiming, imagine it's 3 a.m. and you just say to the chatbot, hey, Tell me what's going wrong in my system. Like, fuck off. I, I don't believe that for a second. And I, I, I wouldn't trust that. I, don't, I wouldn't want that. As, a, as an SRE, as a, this is just me speaking as me now, not as CoreLogix or anything like that. As an SRE, I don't want to have to go to a chatbot and beg it to find out what the fuck's going on at 3 a.m. I want to click on a dashboard that I've already made that I trust, that I know. And I think the use cases are really different here. So I think generative AI... Um, in in the in the realm of data discovery, could be really powerful because because it because the transaction cost, if you like, of constantly writing new queries and testing new things out is quite high. And anything that lowers that will speed up your ability to ask more questions. The more questions you can ask, the more, in theory at least, the more accurately and more I would say precisely you can investigate that data. But in the case of an outage. Absolutely not. I just couldn't think of anything worse than like the Mr. Clippy guy being like, hey, I see you're trying to, <laughs> trying to deal with a cascading failure of a database. Fuck off, leave me alone. You know? Um, so I really, really don't think um, that's the one, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah, so, so really, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, that, that's, that's, that's where I'm at with AI ops. So really quick summary. Um, is these, these, the, the idea here wasn't to like, you know, um, be a really rigorous investigation into different learning uh, machine learning models and whether they apply and stuff. We could maybe do that in the future if you want to reach out. Um, but right now, I would say um, the best thing to do um, is to uh, firstly any. This is just as a recap for some of the things. If you, if you're going to be uh, utilizing any tools for it, any open source tools, I'd love to hear about them. I'm not aware of many of them right now. If you're planning on using a SaaS provider. The real golden question for any anomaly detection is what do you use as a confidence metric? How do you make sure that your confidence metric doesn't guarantee but massively reduces the rate of false positives, okay? You can just ask the the blunter question, how do you stop false positives? But what you'll find, what it's often a good idea to do 
is to ask sales reps at these companies things they haven't completely prepared for because they have to go to the devs and ask the question properly rather than just reading from a, from a prompt sheet. So it's often a good idea to ask uh, varieties on these questions. Um, and then the last bit we talked about was just generative AI and whether that's, um, whether that's going anywhere. My opinion, there's real potential in data discovery, real potential in data discovery. Um, where there's a lot of um, hand cranking of, of queries and things and getting the syntax right and blah, blah, blah. It can be quite painful. Uh, but I, I really don't, I think we're a long way away from generative AI driven uh, 3am troubleshooting, like emergency troubleshooting. Maybe in some universe, um, some combination of well pre-made dashboards that you trust and know, and then you can use the generative AI automatically to speed things up. But I really think it would just be like a Mr. Clippy situation and I would want to just fucking destroy it as fast as possible. So that was my slightly ranty um, thing on AI ops. Pretty annoying, actually, um, that it's not further along than it is, but hopefully over the next few years, we'll see, you know, as ChatGPT and stuff becomes a much more consumer-driven platform, with a bit of luck, we'll see a bit more, um, we'll see a bit more interest in that. So... That was today's topic, AI Ops. If you'd like me to talk about anything in future, please reach out to me at Twitter, Chris underscore Cooney, uh, C-H-R-I-S underscore C-O-O-N-E-Y. I have to remember to spell my own name then. Um, or you can tweet at CoreLogix, someone will tell me about it, uh, C-O-R-A-L-O-G-I-X on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, just look for Chris Cooney, CoreLogix, it's a pretty safe bet. Um, so that's today. Thank you very much for listening. And please, please share your insights on this. I'd love to hear more about it. And I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you.